welcome Ola. What's good? Hey, y'all. Hey, you are tuned in to Circle Up with Amanda Heard. Here we are, Chapter 2, Season 5, Episode 2. I am super, super excited about this episode because this episode, I get to share a conversation that was held between me and one of my favorite people ever my grandfather. Listen, you guys, he is a very, very seasoned man. He loves the word of God. He loves speaking the word of God. And every time I turn around and we're in conversation, he will not leave that conversation without God's word or God's wisdom being announced in the conversation, right? So I'm just super blessed to be able to share this seasoned testimony with you all. Um, As you know, we are, or last week, we talked about prayer. We talked about the tool of prayer and just how beneficial it is and how that's one of the tools that I placed inside of the book that I'm writing. And I'm super excited about this because this is a tool that's really going to help you move forward and grow in your relationship with God and in who you are and where you are going, right? And so being able to pull somebody with such great testimony, with such great truth that has a wonderful foundation to place onto the podcast and give you guys just a pure example of how prayer was evident and how it worked in his life is an honor. So with no further ado, grab your snacks, drinks, and chairs, and let's get ready to circle up. So it's funny because (laughs) as I said, I was preparing for, um, well, I'm in a new season of my podcast. And uh, a lot of this season deals with uh, the book that I'm writing. It just gives some deeper insight about, you know, some of the things or some of the tools that I use in the book. And so the first um, the first uh, topic is is prayer. And it's so funny because um, I never want to give too much insight on <laughs> the book because I do want people to purchase the book. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of talking a little here and there. And I decided that I wanted to give. Uh, five testimonies that kind of link up with the tools that I share. And I was thinking and I was thinking, I was like, you know, who, who can I talk to or speak to that, um, you know, has some really faith shaking prayers. Um, you know, some, some, some of those testimonies that I've heard that, um, where they've, they've actually seen, you know, prayer work in their life. And, you know, it's so funny because why, (laughs) Okay, I don't know how I want to say how I want to say that. I'm trying to choose my words wisely, but I feel like you know there's such a lack in the belief of of prayer these days. No, you know yeah. it seems like people don't understand how how it really works for us, and I don't know if it's because people don't believe in who they're praying to, or if they just don't understand, uh, you know, the the underlining of prayer alone. You know, I you know. Uh... I think it's kind of like they don't know who they are. You know, that happens a lot of times is that uh, people are Christians, but they never take the time to find out who they really are as a Christian and what authority they have as a believer, you know. You know, knowing the authority that you have as a believer uh, sometimes motivates you to pray, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially uh, praying in tongues, you know, and and that is a special kind of prayer for me. Now, petition prayer, uh, intercession, those uh, are very good. It's good to pray. Mm-hmm. 
But mm-hmm. I believe that session is uh, it's, it's what we did when I was in intercessory prayer. We did uh, very little prayer in our language. You know, it was all uh, the language of the Holy Spirit. And that was all we did. I mean, we never really played in English or anything like that. And so, you know, what happens there is that the Holy Spirit takes your vocals and he prays according to the will of God. Yeah. And we know that, uh, well, the Bible says, you always know what you ought to pray, you know, and that's when you really should pray in the uh, Holy Spirit. But it goes back to what you said. I mean, it's, it's a lot of times Christians just don't know who they are mm. and what authority they have. And when you know what authority you have, then that will entice you to pray more because you pray and you know you're going to get answers. Right. Things happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people just, I guess they pray and they don't have no expectation. Right. You know, and uh, having no expectation probably is the reason they don't pray as much. I had a conversation like what you were saying with, uh, uh, this lady that goes to my church. I, well, I hadn't seen her in about two and a half years. And, you know, because of COVID and whatever. But, you know, she was uh, saying something uh, along that line. She belongs to these groups and stuff, you know. And uh, they do a lot of uh, stuff like working on abortion and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, going in protest and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that, you know, uh, you're probably doing a lot that uh, God has. I mean, you have. I mean, you know, all you have to do is take his words, put them in your mouth. And, <laughs> and you know what the Psalms say, uh, which one it is, the angel of God that hearkens to the voices of the word of God. So, I mean, you want to keep them busy. Right. So, so pray, pray. I don't know if you don't believe in it or what. <laughs> when you find out what it is, why people don't pray anymore, you let me know. <laughs> I'm because here for it. Powerful. I'm here for it. What's I remember you sharing some stories with me some time ago, um, just about how prayer was very evident in your life, like how it how it worked, how you seen. I want to say it was. Did you say your grandmother prayed for you? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and what was that story? That was the first uh, evidence. And, and, you know, I'm a young kid. I'm 13 years old. And uh, I really don't know what it's all about. You know, uh, we, we went to church back in those days just because our parents made us go. You know, we were trying to get out of there and go fishing at that time. Anyway, uh, I contacted... Uh, contract the uh, disease um, osteomyelitis and that is an infection of the bone mm. I, it, I really didn't know what was going on I just know that uh, my ankle was always swollen and it had a, a place on that and never would heal up mm-hmm. and uh, we had two people that would come to our area every year every every year and they would put up this big tent and I, I don't know exactly which one it is which one it was it was either 
uh, Oral Roberts, uh, R.W. Schlumberg. I'm wanting to believe that it was out there, Schlumberg, because he lived in Tyler, and Tyler is just right up the streets from me. But anyway, I remember uh, my grandmother taking me down there, and I remember sitting on the front row. Mm-hmm. And remember, uh, you know, sitting there, didn't know what was going on, but there's this guy up there speaking. I didn't know what he was speaking. I probably wasn't really listening. But my <laughs> grandma, yeah, right, you know, but my grandmother was locked in because the doctor had told her that um, he's probably going to have to take his legs off, you know. And so she's uh, she was a woman of faith. I mean, to show you how she was in that little town where I was, I used to hook up the wagon and take her, if there was somebody sick, she would always go to their house and pray for them. And mm. I remember a lot of times looking up the wagon and taking her to pray for this person, that person. So she was a woman of prayer. Mm-hmm. prayer. And I guess it helped that I used to hear her sometimes, well, not getting all certain, but she would be praying and, and, and her room was downstairs. We live in a project. My sister and I lived up, I mean, slept upstairs, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I hated to go by that room. <laughs> She 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 prayed out loud, you know. And my goodness, I hated to go up there when she was praying. But I didn't go up there sometimes. She was sometimes down on her knees for hours, you know. Uh huh. And and I just I just wasn't ready for that. But you know, um, he I remember when he called for anybody to need prayer to get in the line. So my grandmother got me up and got me in the line. And I remember him laying hands on me and praying. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, went on back home, and I hadn't even thought about it. But, you know, my grandmother just felt it was my leg, and my leg was one hurting. But uh, I'm sure my grandmother cared more about what was going on my leg than I did. You know, because I'm a kid, and I want to rip and run. That's what I want to do. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and that's what I did. Now... There came a time when I finished high school. Now, I remind you that this guy laid hands on my leg when I was uh, about 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did everything everybody else did. And I would uh, never want the coach to see my leg because it was always swollen. Mm-hmm. I thought he might kick me off the team. And I had a real good buddy, uh, Jasper Hollis. He's passed now. Uh he was the only one in that city that knew anything about my leg. And after football practice, he and I would be the last one there. And I was waiting everybody to leave so I could take a shower. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I not want nobody to see this leg. Anyway, I got through high school, uh, played football the last two years. And uh, after that, I went in the military. Now, I, to get in the military, you, you can't have anything affecting your limbs and stuff like that, you know. Right, you got to so, be somewhat perfect, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they'll kick you out, especially when I went. You know, it was just. I, I remember um, I was working in Dallas at the time. I'd left Henderson and moved up to Dallas with a cousin of mine, and it was really cold in 1959, and so I decided. I'm not going to the medical art building to bust issues a day. I'm going in the army. I just can't stand this. So I had to figure out how I could do it. Now, I mean, I'd walk on my leg, and it wouldn't swell up until I did a lot of walking on it. So by noontime, I know in that busting dishes. 
it would be really, really swollen, and I couldn't come out at noontime and go to the recruiter's office. So I got up, and I got off the bus that morning. I made up my mind. I'm going in here the first thing, and I'm going to go in here and sign up. Right. And I did. <laughs> And, and, you know, I said, I mean, what was it, about 8 o'clock or something like that? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I did the test, and they said, well, you'll have to go upstairs and do a physical. And, oh, I broke out in a sweat. I mean, I just start sweating because I knew if they saw that physical, you've got, you've got to go up there and all of us were stripped and in a line. And then he comes by and he looked you up and down, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally got up there, and we were all in the line. Now, man, the God is good. I mean, he's always on your side. So That's right. I'm up there. <laughs> yeah, I nothing broke out. Of, I mean, I'm sweating so much, I'm about to slip. You know, I'm sweating <laughs> so much. And so the guy started at the end of the, uh, to my left. He started down there, and he came the other way. And I was about, uh, it was about 30 of us up there, I would say, I was in that group of about the last 10 or 12. And do you know, I closed my eyes and I, I didn't blank out. I was aware. I was aware of everything. But do you know, I don't remember the guy coming to me. I don't remember him. I mean, you know, he told you, uh, uh, don't breathe and they have to touch you, you know, and you cough. Do you know, I don't remember doing that. Mm. The guy was, uh, the guy must have been down five or six people and looked like I finally came to and I said, he's already gone by me. And I was happy because I was, because I was in the military now, you know. Yeah, at this point. I do with my physical. And I don't see why he didn't see that leg. I, I just, I mean, I mean, God is good. Mm-hmm. God is good. What I can say about that. Anyway. I get in the military. Now, God is also, uh, you think, well, he's good. Now, why did I, I'm looking back now, and I'm thinking, why did I land in a battery with a training sergeant who was an ex-paratrooper that don't believe in nothing but running? (laughs) Do all of that running, you know? But God's grace is sufficient. And, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm not born again. You know, a lot of stuff I'm telling you now, I have to go back and recall this. Mm. And, and then God, he opened my eyes so that I could look back and see all of this because, you know, I just want to see how good he is. He wanted me to see how good he was. Yeah. So we finished, I'm telling you, every morning we ran the child, we ran to Reveille, we ran everywhere we went. Mm. And, and thinking back, I wonder, why did he put me in there? Well, some things that you go through later in life, had you not gone through that, you maybe would have had a breakdown. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have been able to get through some of the things that I did go through in life, you know. And I think all all things work for good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And so we had gone through uh, basic training. The only thing we had to do is bivouac. And that's when you go out and assimilate everything out in the uh, forest. You assimilate everything that you had done in basic training. So we were out on bivouac, and we had, uh, and actually, I was, uh, did most of mine with a buddy that I played football against. He lived down in another city called Nacogdoches. We became good friends. And so one day after we had uh, 
dug our foxholes and gone through all the training. We will come in, and sometimes we find us a log, and we sit down and eat our sea rations. And so most of the times, I would look down at my ankle because it always pulsed. You know, it, it just run, run pulse. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting there on the log eating, and something told me, uh, you know, I, it could have been the Holy Spirit. I wasn't feeling no spirit or nothing, you know. I'm <laughs> saying that it was, I'm now saying that it was Holy Spirit. And I looked down, and uh, I'd always see a wet uh, spot on my sock because we, we rode the uh, brown denim socks, you know, and you could see it. Mm-hmm. And I looked down, and I didn't see anything. And so, and it wasn't swollen. I mean, wow. we're in the afternoon now. We, we're talking about 5 o'clock. We're done. Yeah. I looked down and it wasn't swollen, and that place that it ran and run ever since they gave me the surgery earlier and the surgery didn't do anything. You know, it had gone together. It had closed up just like nothing had ever been. I kept, I kept looking. Now I'm I'm too happy to really tell anybody what's going on with me. <laughs> You know, and when Scott and I were together, I was trying to tell him. We were, we were by ourselves, you know. Yeah. I was trying to tell him. And uh, I was I did, you know, tell people, well, that, that was this man that prayed for me sometime, you know. And he didn't know nobody, you know. I, I didn't know who it was until way later because I'm not familiar with oil. I was around the... <laughs> right. You know, I know nothing about them. But anyway, I... It healed up, you know, and we were getting out of basic, out of the finish with basic training, and we went back. Now, uh, we ran all the way to Bivouac, and I ran with a full field pack and everything on, you know. I did, I mean, I did as well as anybody else did, but my ankle felt like I was dragging a weight. It was so smooth. Mm. But anyway, I, I go leave there, and I go to uh, Chicago. And I'm feeling good. That's why I met Grandma. And, uh, you know, and I'm always, I, for a long time, I kept looking down and looking at it, you know. And it, nothing nothing ever happened. And uh, I believe I told Jean about it when we got married. I, I believe it was when we got married I had told her about it. Because I just, uh, you know, a lot of things you don't understand, but... Uh, but my grandma, she was a prayer warrior. She was a prayer. And it was forever healed. I, I've never had no problem. I'm 82 now. I've never had a problem with it. Wow. And the only body that I knew at that time that had what I had was uh, Mickey Mantle, a baseball player. Mm-hmm. And he had to have surgeries on his. And then I got a cousin named Billy Peterson. He had a lot of surgeries on his, but his was on his hip. And I, I never had any problem with it. But the most fascinating thing is how God let me see his goodness and his kindness and his mercy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So looking yeah. back on it, when it when you revisit it, because that's the yeah. that's the blessed part. When you you grow yeah. older, you may not you may not understand when it's happening or what's going on no. when it happened, but you look back on it and you can see where God was like there the whole time, how you remember being, you remember the pain, you remember where it was, you remember, you know, how, how crazy it was. And you remember your grandmother praying for you or, and then going to the, going to the, 
to the, I don't know, what was it, a revival or a church? Uh, well, it was just they would come and put up a tent, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody in the town would call, they would say, them healers are coming to town. Mm. That's what we said back then, the healer is coming to town. And he would put up a big tent, and they put benches there, and he put sawdust on the floor, you know. And uh, the, the thing that my sister, I, I asked her about it, and she... Uh, she could remember it, you know. She, I mean, she remembered grandmother taking me down there. Mm. To, she couldn't remember who it was. She just told me it was probably either Arthur Schambach or, uh, or Roberts. Mm. And how I found out about it, uh, really found out what was really going on, I had known, you know, from basic training that it is, well, later on I'd call it a healing from God, you know. But at that time, I just said it went together. You know, it didn't swell up no more, and that place went together without somebody sewing it together or something like that. It just went together. It never pulsed anymore. Never. Mm. But I went to, I went to, my kids was born now, okay? And I'm saved also. And I, I, I went to the doctor for something, and we I have Kaiser out here. And anyway, uh, the doctor happened to be a uh, African doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's, I was telling him about this. And, you know, I, I, I think I was telling him about this before I even told him that I was born again. Mm. But when, when I was telling him, I was telling him exactly what happened. So all at once, he switched his head. He said, you don't have any problem with it no more? I said, no, he never had a problem with it. And it don't bother you now. And I'm looking at me. I mean, I see, I'm probably, I got saved when I was 38. I'm probably 40 when I'm talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I told him uh, what had happened. I, I had to give the testimony. No, I wouldn't, but something can compel me to tell him exactly how God has shown it to me. Mm-hmm. Because we ought to, you know, still young and a lot. I, mean, I don't really have no words to talk to anybody, you know, about anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but but as I grew, I understood why uh, that urge was always there uh, to tell people what God has done. And, you know, he, he wasn't good to me. He's always been good to me. He's always been merciful and kind, you know. Uh, and I, I just never had any more problems with it. But as I was able to put it in perspective, at the head of everything was my grandmother. You know, in the vision, I could always see my grandmother there. Mm-hmm. I, she was, I was her little idol, you know what I mean? I mean, I could do no wrong. Everything I wanted her to cook, she cooked it every day. <laughs> she loved me. I mean, she loved, well, she loved both of us. But I always thought, Grandma, I mean, uh, what kind of sandwich do you want today? <laughs> I mean, I was going to have, do you want some squash? You want Grandma to make you some squash? <laughs> you know, she did anything for me. But most of all, I mean, she was not going to let the devil take my leg. She was not going to let the devil take my leg because I realized all the times 
that I had playing football, playing baseball, didn't play basketball. But she wanted me to do all those things. You know, I mean, and, and she knows how good God is. She done prayed for people all over that little community down there. <laughs> and my grandson, no, the devil ain't going to do that. But the, the goodness of God is that he would show me every detail, Amanda. Mm. Every detail. And, you know, when I say he loved me, I'm just telling the truth. You know, <laughs> I mean. I'm just telling the truth, and and I know it. I know it. He cares about me. He cares what happens to me. I love I, that. Is that something that you get to look back on, and it helps you in oh your yeah. faith? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the devil tried to kill me so many times. I mean, I fell out of a car one time. I didn't know how to drive. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the car almost ran over me. What? It didn't miss my head by two inches. Wow. Yeah. The devil had been trying to kill me forever, you know, and he's trying to do it to a lot of people. They just don't, it don't register with him. But I know Satan is, is uh, he's just not a fella that I don't want around me. I think that's the key right there. Like you said, when you pray, yeah. believe. Pray, believe. And I think that's the biggest lack in a lot of, um, a lot of prayer, you know, right now, I think people pray and then yeah. they pray without belief. They don't connect the two. And when no. you're praying without believing, you lose that, that hook of expectation. You do. You do. Because what are you expecting if you don't even believe in what you're saying? You're mouthing some words, you know. <laughs> you know, you're mouthing some words and, uh, You've got to believe, mm -hmm. you know, I used to wrestle with this all the time that we have believers that don't believe. I believe and, that. <laughs> yeah, I got, well, I was, uh, when Jean was ill the first time in 19 and, uh, she became ill in, uh, 1989. And that was a, a rough time, you know. But uh, I had learned how to operate in the spirit. And, you know, so I'm, I'm glad because intercession is really, really important, especially for a husband, you know. And when he had to stand in for, uh, I had to stand in my wife because a lot of times she was too weak, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget, uh, we were sitting out, I had taken her out at a big recliner, and I had taken her out to sit her in the living room to uh, look at TV. And uh, we were sitting there, and uh, Satan tried to, uh, I believe he tried to kill her. Mm. I mean, she just become uh, deathly ill. And I, I, I believe uh, I had the day before, I was reading in the Bible, I, I don't know where it is now, but it talks about 
when Moses and uh, Joshua, or maybe it was those two, but when they when he held up their hands, the enemy was pushed back. Mm. It's it's in the Old Testament. I have to go and look that up. You know, I used to use it a lot. Now I use it all the time. But anyway, I had just read about two three two or three days ago, and so I took her hand and raised her hand, both by her arms, so up. And I began to pray. And we were sitting there on the couch still. And she was just perfectly normal. She was just perfectly normal. So a lot of times, I'm just saying, that I don't care how you run across it, but a lot of times you got there because God got you there. He directed you there. That's right. To read that scripture. So he knows everything. He knows knows what the devil is going to try to do. He knew that. But see... When you're a believer, he also knows that, and you should know, that you have authority. That's right. You have authority. You know what I mean? So I'm going to give you the words because they're right here. I'm going to give you the setting because it's right here. That's you right. You can use the same thing, and it will work for you just like it worked for Moses and Joshua. You know different. It will work for you. And you know what? I did, and uh, the devil got off our case that night. And we were, I'm going I'm to say what you were saying there a few minutes ago. We were another time out in the uh, living room. And uh, we, we came up on this scripture, you know, and we were studying that scripture. You know, when the centurion came to uh, Jesus, mm-hmm. that was, uh, his servant was sick and uh, he wanted Jesus to, uh, he sent his servant to see him. Tell him to come and pray for him. But anyway, he came out himself and went to Jesus, and he met Jesus on the way. And, and he said to him that, uh, I'm not worthy that you should come unto my world. He said, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And uh, she and I, we looked at it, and we looked at it, and we kept studying it, and we kept studying it. I knew something was there. Besides Jesus, we know Jesus speak the word, you know, right. and whatever he speak, you know, it's going to come to pass. But I knew it was more in there than that. And this comes to what we were talking about. Uh, people speak the word, but they they just don't seem to be connected, uh, don't seem to believe or something's going on. And, and, and the Holy Spirit <clears throat> gave us a revelation from that scripture. When he said, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Now, you find a lot of people, uh, Amanda, they'll go and have somebody lay hands on them and pray for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person, because he knows it's in the scripture, a person will go and do it. And, you know, because they don't really believe in what he says about healing, rather than, let's say, uh, something come up later where you have this pain when they'll shoot that thought to you where, you know, it doesn't come back on you. Mm-hmm. He shoot that thought. Okay. Now, what do you do? You turn around and repeat what he says. And when you repeat what he says, you're not speaking the word only. See, your actions 
have got to be consistent with the word of God. That's good. When somebody prays for you That's and good. you believe that you receive, you got to say, you got to say what you believe. Right. You, and what the devil shoot through your mind? Girl, you know, he's always trying to get some thoughts off in your head. Right. But you have to speak what God has put in your heart. I believe I receive because, I mean, we did everything the Bible said, the way God laid it out there. You know, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So, yeah, this is a done deal. This is a done deal. I don't care what you do, devil. I'm not going to say what you say. And, And that's the revelation that God gave me. A lot of times, people will receive their healing and talk themselves out of it mm. by the words that they use. Right, right. They, they, you know, and and that's why the psalmist says, the angels of God that hearkens to the voices of the word of God. Well, those people are saying what God said. You know, he spoke it in, into existence. It got in the Bible. So we could get a hold to it and speak the same way. That's the right. word coming out of our mouth is just like the word coming out of his <laughs> mouth. It's all one spirit. Right. It's all one spirit, and the word is powerful. It's powerful when you speak it, believe it. That's right. Okay, and do you know, I'm going to call you back tonight. I'm gonna call, <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'm going to call you back for sure tomorrow night. I can't do it tonight because I know i got something to do. What time should I call? I can't stop talking. You know, I got my food in the car. I mean, I got part of the dinner in the car, and I'm sitting out in front of Costco. I go, I got to go in here and get a couple items, and then I got to go home. But you got me open. Now, this is good. This is good. I'm well, so I love you. We shall continue. We shall continue in this tomorrow. I'm free all day tomorrow, so all just day. give okay. me a call. So one thing, though. Can I share your testimony on my podcast? <laughs> Oh, sure, baby. You know you, you know you can. Okay, I just wanted your approval. So I'm going to talk to you tomorrow, Paul, okay? We're going to talk tomorrow. Hey, I, listen, I, because I call, because I don't call, you know I'm not a caller. That's right. Don't ever doubt my love for you, Amanda. That's Never. right. I won't. Okay? <laughs> okay? Say hello to everybody for me, okay? I'm I will. Call you okay, All love right. you, Paul. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for tuning in to Circle Up with Amanda Heard. I pray that this episode was one that was able to reach you right where you are. It was able to encourage your spirit. It was able to tap into that place where maybe belief has become a lack in your life. Where maybe you've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying, but you have failed to believe in what it is that you're praying for. I pray that this episode was one to get you right back in that position where your belief matches up with the words that you are speaking into the atmosphere. That you know without a doubt that what you pray for is something that is in the works of its manifestation. I pray that just by hearing the words, the testimony of this seasoned man, that you are able to grab hold and look back maybe on some of the things that you have currently went through in life and you were able to see every little detail where God has been there and he has fulfilled or been the one who has sustained you in the midst of those places. 
So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. If this is your first time tuning in to Circle Up with Amanda Heard, I just want to welcome you and I want you to do me a favor. Run over to Facebook and Instagram, uh, type in Circle Up underscore AH and follow our page. If you have um, never seen us on YouTube, we encourage you to run over there as well. There's so many fun videos of content and just very, very um, just beautiful words of wisdom and encouragement to help you along the way. So with no further um, words, I love you much. Cannot wait for you to tune in next week for all new episode. Be blessed. Bye.